welcome to episode 75 of In the Flow of Magic. This episode is a very special episode. It's a bit longer. It was recorded live in video format on my YouTube channel. And so you'll hear me refer to folks who may be in the chat occasionally. And but it is audio here for you to listen to while you're in transit or working around your home. So it's a wide-ranging episode, but I think you will love it because we are focused on the element of the divine feminine. Stepping into your feminine energy, what that means, what is the divine feminine, and I will cover things like my first awareness of what the divine feminine means, the treatment of women, that has denigrated the feminine historically for thousands and thousands of years. I talk about the divine masculine and the positive male aspects, um, as well as how I think the uh, current world is distracting males especially. I think you'll be interested in that. I talk about fears and how, in terms of women, is stepping forward, how fear affects our problem solving, and then we dive into, at the 43-minute mark, we dive into a beautiful guided meditation and that transition in, into what I call a golden bowl meditation where we focus on the center of our bodies, of our feminine um, essence. And so the golden bowl pelvic meditation is at around 49.50. Uh, it actually starts. So... Both of those you wouldn't want to do while you're driving. So the general meditation that starts at 43 and the golden bull pelvic meditation at 49 minutes and 50 seconds, you do not want to do those while you're driving. But leading up to that is a wonderful discussion. And I have a special invitation for you, Goddess. If you are a, obviously you're listening to my podcast, early registration has closed for the general public on my Goddess Manifestation program, which is starting February 23rd, 2020. But if you um, get in touch with me from my website, I will give you the early bonuses um, if you register up until February 22nd, I believe is the cutoff date, because we start on the 23rd. So again, if you contact me through my website, intheflowofmagic.com, and you say, you know, I'm interested in your Goddess Manifestation program, and you can read about it on the website in theflowofmagic.com. If you're interested, I will still give you um, the early registration price. Okay, so get in touch. Let me know that you're interested. Again, this is close to the general public, but I will still give you that early registration pricing if you are a podcast listener. The focus of this particular um, goddess manifestation. This run will be manifesting through our feminine energy, becoming much more embodied, feeling better, calmer, more powerful in our feminine body. So I'll say more about it at the end, and you can always check out my website. So enjoy the episode. Much love. Stay blissed and blessed. Bye-bye. I want to talk to you a little bit about feminine energy as... Um, and, and be serious about it. So um, I think I titled this sort of not necessarily manifesting your feminine energy, but tapping into your feminine energy. And so 
It's a big, big topic. I am talking about the divine feminine. And if it depends where you look online, you may have been seeing that phrase, the divine feminine. Um, many years ago now, maybe six years ago, I started to hear the, the phrase, the divine feminine. Uh, I am intuitive. And so things come to me often as a question. I'll have a question that'll pop into my head and it leads me to something. Um, and so what happened, you guys, with this divine feminine, I just started to hear the phrase and I literally was like, I don't even know what that means. I really don't know what that means. Um, and a couple of years passed, I'll jump ahead a little bit. And I noticed other women and coaches online and so on using the same phrase. Now I had not read a book about it. There was just, it just literally was intuitively coming to me in quiet moments, the phrase, the divine feminine, and that it's on the rise. And I spoke to a dear friend of mine uh, who lives in Ohio and again, maybe five, six years ago now, I'm really not good with time goddesses, but this is important. So I shared with this male friend of mine, I said, you know, I really think that women are just going to, it's just going to really, it's almost like a kind of a new feminism. I'm like, it's not just, they're going to, we're going to start being more powerful. And I said to him in politics, I feel like you know, I was like, well, you know, there's Oprah and there are women coming up in media, but I just, it's, I can feel it. That's what it start, I started to get. Sure enough, you guys, I mean, literally, you know, two years, things started to happen. Um, you know, women getting elected for certain things. Uh, um, you know, this is way before like Me Too even. I, and I also, I, so I was like, wow, that's interesting. And I also specific, specifically, specifically, uh, felt that uh, women of color would also, um, there would be a new respect and a new um, new fairness and equality for women of color. And I told my friend all of this, like he can verify it. And he's just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And there wasn't really any proof. I just was like, I can feel it. This is what's happening. And then, like I said, things started to happen. Uh, different women running for office, winning local offices. Um, studies about and some of you goddesses may know this, studies about that when women are empowered, I think it was more specifically in third world countries, but where when women are educated, let me know in the comments, give me a thumbs up if you have heard this. When women are educated, they, and, and, and given jobs and work, specifically when you target the woman in a family, the whole family, she spends the money on her children, herself, her children, and her family. The, the money and the improvement in the family is more so um, yeah, I saw a thumbs up and it, it, I was like, oh, again, I was like, well, that seems like common sense. So it's just interesting that if the education and the, and the, and the help focused on the woman, the whole family would be lifted up. And I thought that was really interesting. And so just a lot of stuff, you guys started to happen out in the world. We are where we are now. Um, the, so what do I mean by this feminine energy? It, it relates to you and I'll get to that in a moment. This feminine energy, as some of you may know, um, I, you know, it has been suppressed. The, um, religion is one of the main ways the, the feminine aspect of the divine was removed from many, many religions. Um, you know, do your, do your research. There came a time where women and the feminine was literally demonized in, in many religions. Okay. And I'm actually reading more about that now, literally like researchers, um, religious 
researchers who work at universities who are doing, looking at even early Christianity, for example, um, and, and how the feminine was like literally cut out of, um, you know, religious texts. Anyway, and you can see it. So how can you see it? Now, I just want you to know, I'm not blaming men because men are, are also suffering from this and suffering as a result. But what that means is um, religions and structures where it's about dominance. And if you're honest, you know you see this. It's about dominance. It's about control. And it's a very strict hierarchy. So I'm, I'm not even going to say a particular church. But there's, you know, there's one head. Then there's hierarchy of males. Uh, and, and you're told this is what you do. This is how you do it. This is the right way. This is the wrong way. Um, this is in many religions. This isn't just in one religion where the feminine has been either called the cause of all, <laughs> of all sin. Right. Um, you know, women, what do, when was it you guys that women were even given the right to vote in America? Wasn't it like 1920 something? I'm not good with dates. Like I said, so women were just not considered even able to think well enough to vote, you know, to own property. Many, many cultures, property ownership was not allowed to women. So um, this just, it's, it's a belief that women are in some way inferior, not up to par. So the, the divine feminine is coming back and rising again. And it is about, you can see it. So how can you, how can you see it? How can you see this thing that I'm talking about theoretically? and that I felt happening many years ago. You're seeing it in a lot of the movements in the world. It's actually a spiritual movement. Let me know if you, you know what I'm saying. It's not because it's like, why all this? Why is all this stuff coming out? You know, why are so many horrific scandals about, say, the Catholic Church, for example, that have been lingering for decades and, and going on for many, many, many years, suddenly coming out? Why is there so much ugliness being exposed? The exposure of... Um, the, the, the horribleness needs to happen because people need to see it, okay? Uh, it's like there was a festering wound. I always love this analogy. It's like there's a wound and it had a bandage. It was really covered and then it was under the sleeve of a shirt. You couldn't see it. Then suddenly the, the, the sleeve is rolled up, the bandage is taken off and you see this wound. Um, so things like child sexual abuse, in places like the church, abuse in Hollywood of women who want to have a career and who are then basically subject, you know, even the R. Kelly thing. I have to tell you guys, I never was an R. Kelly person. If you couldn't tell that, I just wasn't. Uh, the One of the young girls now, just like literally, you guys, you can see she's come back to her senses um, where she's like, oh my God, he used us. I lied in an interview. You know, one of them, I, Jocelyn, I don't remember. But this is what I'm talking about, you guys. It's happening because all of this was going on, but that feminine energy was really being dominated and being abused and being used, whether sexually, monetarily, in so many ways. Now, I truly hope that the divine masculine, which I have a lot of hope for because there is a divine masculine, I see that, again, it's like an archetype and then men can embody it and women can embody it as well. So let, I just want to talk a little bit about the divine masculine. The divine masculine is, uh, okay, I'll give you a really quick example. I saw a picture of a young man and he was holding a koala bear. He was literally out as the fires would die down, you guys. 
this young man was going out and, and trying by himself to rescue these animals. And he was like holding this koala bear. And I was so moved. I mean, you can tell, even talking about it, I'm moved because that's the divine masculine. Um, what I see, and please share in the comments about this, I see is a real wholesale, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but I know many, many young men, uh, you know, like someone I was, was dating to in the past, who they're spending a lot of their time playing video games. I'll speed up how I'm speaking. They're playing video games where there's war and they're fighting and they're battling, but that's in this fake reality, right? These young men especially are spending their time in this altered reality, while if they turned off the computer and the game and looked behind them, there is stuff that they could be out there in their community fighting for and embodying the divine masculine. So I have hope for the divine masculine. The divine masculine is protective. It is a warrior, but it's a warrior for justice. Someone like Martin Luther King embodied the divine masculine. Um, you know, and was like a, a very good embodiment of that. Um, I know some people, Gandhi's controversial for some people. Um, you know, there are certain things said about him. I think we can look at the actions, like nobody's 100% perfect and pure, but what were they able to do? So the divine masculine is there. It needs to step forward. Men need to step forward. In fact, you know, if I were a male, I would be like, oh my God, shocked at, you know, women coming out and saying that they've been sexually assaulted, that they were raped, these types of things should actually upset a man who is in touch with the divine masculine. And uh, I think and I hope more men will step forward and, you know, when they find out what their mothers have been through, what their sisters have been through, what their daughters might have been through. Okay, so that's a little aside on the divine masculine. The divine feminine energy. So it is about women claiming their power back. Um, and that alone scares some people. Like I've heard people like, oh, it means this. It's like that. It's like, no, the earth is often regarded as feminine in most cultures. And if you also look, kind of bringing it back to the theory again, if you look at the way we treat the earth, you guys, the way we mine things, the way we, you know, do logging, everything that we take from the earth, is taken in a way as if there is no respect, there is no sense of giving back. Traditional cultures, Africa, South America, India, trees were revered. Animals were considered to have spirit also within them. It is really only in this Western culture um, and more also in the modern, because even in Western culture, yeah, you know, um, more traditional peasant Western culture, there was an understanding that we are all connected, that um, don't take, don't take and destroy. I'm not saying there weren't wars, and of course, because there were always, there were always, especially men who it's about that dominance, right? And that's what I'm talking about. That's what's happened. We've come to a point of imbalance that is so deep that it's, it's basically a balancing point. Um, I know many of us come from a Christian background and know you know, the Bible talks about certain times and how we'll be. Uh, Hindus as well, in their text, it talks about the age we are in now. They call it the Kali Yuga. And it is supposed to be an age. And you'll, you know, you'll find this interesting if you have not heard of it. It's absolutely said. They looked at the eons of time and they said there's a phase where people are less religious. They have less respect for their parents and for tradition. They basically 
become um, what we're seeing, where it's about greed, where there's lying, there's not any sort of structure to society. Um, so that's predicted also in Hindu texts specifically as the Kali Yuga, and it is said that is the age we're in. And so it's an age where there's disorder. So I want to talk a little bit about the fear. I didn't tell you guys. I freaked myself out. I called my friend. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to go live, and I want to be positive and uplifting, and I'm going to do this meditation. And I checked in on the China situation, right, and the, um, the what is it, that rhinovirus Um you know, and I got myself quite upset, even though I was reading it, something like 25,000, many thousands of people die from the flu every year. This virus is nowhere, it has not, you know, 56 people have died, which of course is tragic. There's always life and then there's death. But I, my friend said to me, we realized it's because we don't know how powerful this virus is. So there's a lot of fear out there right now. And so I just want to bring that up and just acknowledge and you know, let maybe share what you're afraid of right now. Like, is it the political situation? Is it uh, children being, you know, housed in horrible conditions? Is it um, already the effects of climate change, which is already happening? A lot of the uh, more conservative media doesn't tie things in overtly. Like, why are people on the move? Why are people leaving their countries? There's war. Why is there war happening? Is there famine? Is there drought? Is there flooding? Um, so there's a lot going on. So share with me what, if any, fears you you know are sort of in the back of your mind. Like I said, for me, I woke up this morning and it was like, oh my God, this virus. And I, I started to read about it. So. So there's a lot of fear going on, but the, the divine feminine needs us. And so that's why I'm doing this live stream. I want to offer and encourage you to step forward. If you haven't watched my video yet about um, the 2020 yearly reading, I got the same card twice in, did you guys see that? Let me know if you saw that. It was a, you choose one, two or three. And I gave an overview. It's an emperor year and emperor year is about you uh, putting things into place structure. It's, it is a masculine energy of, again, we have both masculine and feminine. Um, it's a yin and a yang, but it's about putting things in place and things that, and, and reaping, I would say, you know, gaining from what you have been working on for years, right? An emperor, the idea is that um, a lot of work has been put in, a lot of steady work. So what have you been working on, goddess? What have you been wanting to manifest? And so what we need to do as women is to tap into our feminine energy. The feminine energy, often it's, it, women are more related to the body in many, many cultures and religious teachings. So what I'm finding, though, as I do healing work with women and myself as well, is that as women in the West, guess we live from here. We live from our neck up. Okay, we live, we're living from here up. So we're disembodied, we're disembodied. That's what I'm finding. Um, what that means is, I'm just going to write that down that I'm going to talk about that. We are not in touch with our intuition. When you're disembodied as a woman, especially, you lose contact with signals that your body would send you that tells you something isn't right. 
right? The way that animals know an earthquake is coming or something is coming, we have that instinct. We are meant as embodiment of the feminine energy to have excellent intuition, excellent intuition. And so I think that as women, we're losing that because we're disembodied. Because again, this goes to the masculine paradigm that we're living under. The masculine paradigm is about the mind and that you should figure out a problem from A, B, C, D. That's not an intuitive way to figure out a problem. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need that part of the brain, that executive function, that reasoning. But what I am saying, goddesses, is that there's an imbalance. I would say right brain, left brain is a simple way to say it. Um, I know I'm very right brain. The right brain is the intuitive. It's a visual spatial. Um, it has, it, it's a way of processing that's different. The West, Western culture, it's a, it's a very masculine paradigm of, it's like an engineering mind, engineering, it's system structure, it's factories. To give you a good example, it would be almost factory farming versus local, you know, a farm, the way we envision a farm, right? The, you know, the animals and they have a system too, but it's maybe a little closer to the animals, it's closer to the crops and how they're raised versus a factory farm. Have you guys ever, let me know in the comments, have you ever seen a factory farm where I saw this picture, it was like creepy. There's like, I don't even think a person is driving it anymore. It was like a tractor, say, I don't know what machine, it was a machine and it had long like wings, you guys. And it was like spraying the crops. And they were, I want to say like 10 of them, like picture this. So it's from the air, this beautiful, this green field and these machines with these arms out and they were just spraying the crops. Now, all I'm saying with that is it's about the way our society sees even food now. Food is a commodity and it's a, um, it, the people growing the food are divorced from the food. They don't really care about the food is what I'm saying. So I'm not saying we couldn't have this sort of machine or even large scale, but it's, and it's a monocrop. It's all corn or it's all this because that's the way that is most efficient. So what I'm saying, I'm contrasting efficiency with a, a way that's a little more actually sustainable, more long-term. And so that's the feminine energy, looks at multiple, uh, multiple things. I feel like the masculine energy tends to be very direct, one problem, it can focus on it. And I've had men tell me that, okay, I'm gonna have a sip of tea. I've had men say to me, yeah, it, you know, men aren't good at multitasking. It's, it's and of course, multitasking isn't good for anybody, but the way that you guys know, especially if you're a mother, that you're paying attention to this and that and the kids sound and they're crying and that's happening and oh, you're worried about this. I mean, they've done the science of a woman's brain. It's much busier because there are multiple, there's just multiple things happening, okay? <laughs> and I'm saying that that, we have to play to our strengths is what I'm saying. And so to tap into that feminine energy, but also understand that besides us as individual women, it's on the rise. It has to do with things like a Greta, I don't know how you say her name, a Thunberg, uh, a, a woman, there's a very, I think she might have won a Peace Prize, a woman in Africa who planted a huge number of trees and just re-greened her nation um, with like very little resources. Um, and I should know her name. She was amazing. I think she won, she definitely won some major prize for this. So that feminine energy that we need to embody and we need to get out there and do is the healing energy the caring energy, the educating energy that the world really needs right now, okay? So let me know in the comments 
what is your dream that you have not manifested yet? Okay, I really want to know that. And I think it's important to share it. What is your dream that you have not manifested yet? And as you know, this is something that I work with women on. So I'm going to leave a minute there. I'm going to pause. Just let me know. Think about it. And if you don't want to write it here, at least write it down. Write it for yourself. Let me see. Okay. Yes, it's freezing. Okay. Good. <laughs> Minnesota. I have relatives in Canada, like, why? We're a tropical people, I'm saying. I'm from Jamaica, okay? And why you would go live in the coldest part, like Manitoba? I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, yeah, really cold, really cold. Like, no, we're not built for that. Oh, she's lived here her whole life. Okay, well, <laughs> okay, ready to go. She's ready to go, though, very soon, okay. Yes. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Tanya. About help correcting the fears. Yeah, I will. So it's really deep, though. It's not like an instant thing. So fears are, which chakra do you think a lot of fear is related to? You know, I'm an ex-professor, so I have to quiz you. Okay. I can't do all the work. What chakra do you think fear is said to be uh, linked to? I wish I had a prize set up for whoever got it first, but I don't. There's no prize. What chakra? Because uh, Taslima said, will I be talking about help correcting the fears? Let me know in the chat if you know. Yep. Yep. I would say root chakra. Because that has to do with our ancestors. That has to do with family programming. So again, and again, science is finding this, which I find so exciting. And it was something, I mean, I knew and, and, and holistic people were already saying it. If your ancestors went through a trauma, they now believe that it literally like there's almost like in your DNA, there's like a heightened um, sensitivity. I, who, who wouldn't know that? And I don't mean because like literally like, oh, so then grandma was stressed and grandma drank and that I mean like more subtle than that, that you know, you put two people side by side and one who, whose family had this trauma is going to react a certain way. I mean, like I knew that. So the root chakra. And so our root chakra for many women is not strong. Go watch my root chakra, my root chakra video um, to find out more about what it governs, but it has to do with ancestry. It has to do with um, family, with roots, right? With your roots. So your birth family, your ancestors, and, and very much about how you relate, what you, what you think you deserve, how you think you can be in the world. So it's a very powerful chakra and very important to balance. So I would say um, you have to work on your root chakra. And also, of course, in that left brain way, try to kind of give your life some structure, interestingly enough. my What I'm saying, though, is I think a lot of us try to live in the structure as women rather than also tapping into our intuition. So I think you'd be less fearful if the solar plexus is also um, super important. Um, the solar plexus, you know, has fears to do with people over like power over you and, and goddesses, they're all connected. So picture like seaweed, when you think of the chakras, picture like, you know, how seaweed like moves like that. They're not like rigid things. 
right? So the, the colors change, which is also something that people are, you know, seem like not to realize. The, the colors are not going to be like these exact rainbow colors. It's like whether those are the ideal colors when you're like completely healthy. But in ancient texts, the colors given for the chakras were different. So it's, you know, why are they different now? I, you know, I don't know. I'm sure there are people who would speak on that. But just so you know that the colors change depending on what you're going through, the, the, the chakras open or close. It's, it's not like a rigid thing. So the third chakra is very much about our personal power. I know I have a damaged third chakra. How can you know? In terms of feminine energy, I think a lot of us women, I've said this in my videos, I actually think the third chakra is super important because it has to do with personal power. So if you are being abused in your relationship, abused at your job, uh, you can't stand up for yourself. The third chakra is definitely involved there. Okay, so it's a very important chakra, but women, we tend to focus on, if like, oh, yeah, my root chakra, oh, and my second chakra, because that's, that's sexuality and the reproductive system, and many of us have issues with the reproductive system. But the third chakra is vital. So that's really important. So watch my third chakra video um, as well. Um, so let's do a meditation. Let's just do a meditation together and an activation. Um, let's see. I also want to just see if anybody shared. I, yeah, I think that folks were maybe not comfortable sharing what they're afraid of. Uh, hi, Iona. Is it Iona or Iona? Um, Margaret, Tanya, Ebony, Tazlima. Let's just do a meditation. We are not embodied. So fear gets us into our, our heads. And what fear, science has even shown, because of course now they can do really good brain scans, you guys. When we are very fearful, we literally don't see options. It's like, it's like we're like this. When we're scared, we see survival, okay? I think there are powers that be that want to keep us as women in survival. I really do, because when you're in survival, what happens? It's very easy to be bigoted to hate other groups. If you look at our, especially in the US and, and, and on the rise in Europe and even in Africa, there's a lot of, uh, you know, when the, 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 there were the two groups, um, I think it was Rwanda, that's used to pit one group against another. The people have to be fearful. If they're not fearful, you can't control them. Okay, I'm gonna let that sink in. If people are not fearful, you cannot control them. So the powers that be would want, men and women, would want us to be very fearful. To finish that thought, so when science has found that when we are fearful, what happens in the brain is we do not see options. You know, when you're fearful, when you're really scared, you don't see, oh, wow, you know, I could call so-and-so who I worked with like five years ago and you, you, you will not make connections. You will not make creative connections because you're, you're terrified and you're in fight or flight. You've got your cortisol spiking. I think many of us in communities of color, cortisol levels are high. Things like high blood pressure, some of you may know, are used as a marker of happiness in studies. Because if there's high blood pressure, there's, there's a stress component in the black community and communities of color. Um, so, uh, especially, so I mean, all people are under stress right now, but of course, stress is going to, depending on your resources, depending on the support and so on, it's going to affect you differently. Um, so 
what we need to do is stay out of fear as much as we can. We need to balance it. And I'm speaking here for myself as well. If we find that the media becomes overwhelming, to answer Tazalina's question, turn it off, turn off the media. I don't personally, I'm not one of those conspiracy theorists that literally think the media is trying to necessarily, some, some parts are, like to terrify us. Some are. Some of it is what's really happening. And uh, there is a lot because, you know, our ancestors wouldn't have known what was happening outside of, you know, 500 miles from them or something. Do you know what I mean? They didn't live day to day with the, the type of fear that we live with now. You know, if a building collapses in China, we know it. If there's a toxin in something that's getting to America, we know it. If there's an earthquake here, we know it. There's a fire here, we know it. And all of that is leading us to a lot of fear. So we need to stay embodied. That means we need to feel our body and that's going to help us have our intuition. Wow, should I take that trip right now? <laughs> you know, is that a good idea? Hmm. You know, tap into your intuition. Maybe it's not a good idea. Uh, should I go back to school? It seems like then I'll make more money and it'll be good for me. Uh, yada, yada. Tap into your intuition. Maybe it's not such a good idea. Um, I, I follow a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. He's very different than me. He's very, very different. But he says something like, you know, you could think you made the wrong decision, but maybe if you'd gotten that job in Texas, you would have stepped off the bus, you know, stepped on the uh, stepped off the bus from the airport to go to the new job and been hit by a car and died. He's like, you cannot know what the option you didn't take was. You, you cannot know if that indeed was not a bad option, even though it looked good. So what I'm saying, goddesses, let's trust ourselves. Let's build our intuition. So let's do a meditation. <sighs> Take a couple of deep breaths in and out. It's enough talking for now. Hopefully it's clear at getting some of that across. Do the grounding breath, breathing in through the nose. Breathe out through the mouth. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. Get settled, get comfortable wherever you are. If like me, you're sitting on a chair, put your feet flat if possible. Okay, hip distance apart. Go ahead and lower your eyes, close your eyes. Hopefully you can hear me. I'm gonna try to speak up. Um, so adjust your volume, lower your eyes. If you'd like, you can keep them uh, a little bit open just so you can, a little bit of light is coming in. We're gonna tune into our physical body. Feel your toes, lift up your toes, spread them out, put them back down on the ground. Feel your toes and the soles of your feet, the tops of your feet, ankles, both right and left. That's all you're doing. Just try to feel, not think about your feet, but to feel your feet. So we're dropping out of the brain. We're dropping out of the alarm signals just to practice it. So you may have been very calm. It's a Sunday as I'm filming this, that's fine. But this is a great technique in either case, whether you're starting at a degree of fear or worry at a 10, or whether you're all the way at like a two and you're just very chilled out. This is still gonna feel good. Ankles and feet. Feel your calf muscles. Breathe in. 
Breathe out. I'm bringing all of my attention to my calf. Right now, I'm just scanning and noticing what's there. Think of it, it's almost like you're an x-ray machine or like the airport scanner. Think of it that way, maybe. You're, you're literally just like, ah, what do, I, what, do, what do I feel? It's a feeling. Come up now to your knees and thighs, goddess. Buttocks and the pelvis. Just notice what you feel. You're doing your left leg and your right leg at the same time. So you're sweeping up your body symmetrically. Feel as if you're sitting on a throne. You're sitting, your heart is open, your shoulders are down, the head is level. Hmm. Beautiful. Now, noticing your breath, notice the chest, the shoulders, the middle and upper back. Take your time with this area, with your entire torso. Notice what's happening, what's there. Can you feel the belly expand as you breathe in? And fall as you breathe out. Just notice your breath. And feel your ribs expanding. And then they sort of, like an accordion, then they go back together. They expand. And they release. Good. Bring your attention now, goddess, to your shoulders, the tops of your shoulders. Let's bring the shoulders up briefly. Bring them up to your ears, like I'm doing. Open your eyes if you want to just see. Squeeze your shoulders up and then drop them. <sighs> Do two more times. Bring them up. Squeeze tight and drop. When you drop, make sure you don't leave them halfway up. Okay, so you bring them up and then drop them all the way down. Like that's it. My shoulders can't go any lower. <sighs> Feel your fingertips, your pinky finger, fourth finger, middle finger, index finger, your thumbs. Feel your palms. Your hands are resting on your legs. Let's now actually turn your palms up. That is more restful for your brain because you won't be processing information through your fingertips. Apparently the hands have a huge amount of sensors in the brain because of course we use our hands for everything, right? So, you know, you want nothing touching your hands. So go ahead and turn your palms up. Feel your wrist and your forearms are heavy, relaxed. Nothing for you to do or make or create or write or type. His fingers can relax. Your elbows, upper arms relaxed. Breathe in, breathe out. Let your arms just hang. They're just dropped like there's a little two pound weight on your elbows. So your elbows are just heavy. And now come up to your throat, the back of your neck and throat. Breathing in and out, sensations, pulsing, warmth, tingling. Finally, let's go through and scan the face. So the mouth, relax the mouth. The jaw, cheeks, 
Relax the cheeks, muscles, the muscles around the eyes. So if you have any expression on your face, just see if you can just relax the face. The face will kind of drop a little bit. Relax the face. Relax your temples, your uh, forehead. Feel as if there's a gentle hand just going from the center to the side, just smoothing out the forehead, smoothing it out mentally. Even now go up to your scalp, that is, feel your scalp, top of the head, back of the head, around the skull, release and relax. You're doing great. If your mind wandered, bring it right back. In fact, now bring your mind back to the feet, then bring your mind to your fingers, then bring your mind to the top of your head. Feel your whole body now. Beautiful. So let's take this a little bit deeper and tap into our feminine wisdom and to help you feel grounded. So we're gonna tune into the pelvis. And sometimes I call it the golden bowl meditation. So get ready. Breath in and out. Okay, so rub the palms together. This is one I love to do. Warm up your hands right now. Rub them together. And then take your hand and place it right below your belly button around the area of the womb. Breathe in, breathe out. Beautiful. And hopefully you can feel the warmth of your hand now as you breathe in and out. You're sending warmth into the pelvis, into the area of Swadhisthana chakra, the second chakra, the womb space. For women, this is a very important chakra. Many of us have issues with fibroids, with cysts, that energetically, that Swadhisthana chakra, there's a lot of emotional underpinnings when we have these issues in our womb space. But we can begin healing, even if, for example, and this is true, you might still have fibroids and so on, but there's an energetic healing that can happen. Feel that you're breathing energy into your womb space. As you breathe in, the energy goes to right below your hand. So you feel as if there's a ball of energy in that pelvic space and the warmth of your hand and you connecting with that energy. Inhale, energy in, warmth. Exhale, just release and relax. Just feel that a few times, goddess. You're bringing warmth into the womb space. To further help you really feel the structure of that area, I invite you to just take, um, take one hand, doesn't matter which, and bring it to your sacrum, the triangular bone, right? And you hear the word sacred in there. The sacrum, it's at the base of your spine. And just put your hand, my, I have my fingers pointing down, just put your hand over that bone. And just feel now, that should feel actually very comforting, that you're sending warmth from the back of the body, from the sacrum. So right above the tailbone, there is a triangular bone right, and the tailbone comes off of the tip, it's at the bottom of the spine, and your hand is still in the front, one hand's in front, one hand's in back, and just feel that they're sending warmth and healing 
between both hands. A very nurturing feeling. I know it might be a little awkward to the back hand, depends on how flexible you are. Eyes are closed, you're just listening to my voice because I really want you to tune in to yourself. Breathing energy. Now let's bring the hand that was on the sacrum. Let's bring it around and just cup like this as if you were holding a cup, your left hip. You can just feel the hip bone, the left hip bone. Just feel that, right? So that's one side of this bowl, this golden bowl, pelvic bowl. And then take your right hand, goddess, and just cup your right hip bone. Just feel that. We're really just tuning back into our bodies, right? Good. And then just bring both hands again. And your hands are right above the pubic bone in the front. Right? So above the pubic bone and below the belly button. I'd like you now, before we close the practice, to just tune into what you feel. With this attention that we have given, I feel warmth, I feel um, aware of energy in around the area of my sacrum where before I wasn't noticing that. So just notice what you feel. And again, a couple more breaths, feel you're bringing energy into this area, you're bringing aliveness, you're bringing healing, you're bringing vibrancy, this is wonderful for women who may be going through menopause or even postmenopausal. Again, you're enlivening where your attention goes, energy is going to flow. And so many of us, again, maybe through sexual abuse or through very religious uh, or strict upbringing, we just may not be very in touch with our that feminine base. So this is your base of power, God as your both hands are on the pelvis still. You can blink a few times, and if you'd like, you can open your eyes, but I just want you to keep your hands there and just realize this is the center of our power um, in martial arts, the area two to three fingers down from the belly button, the tantien is considered, the, it's the center of our gravity. So especially for women, tend to be heavier through the hips and the legs and the butt, right? You, so to answer the question, how do you deal with fear? You have to be more embodied. So I need you to feel and connect in with the pelvis, the hips, the whole golden bowl, and just feel that there's energy there. Take a few deep breaths, goddess. In, breathe it out. Hmm. When you're ready, blink a few times. <clears throat> Open your eyes nice and slow if you'd like to do a stretch. <sighs> you could interlace your thumbs and just bring your arms up overhead. Lean a little to one side, to the other side. Stretch. Inhale back to the center and just bring the palms together through the center. So why is this universally considered a prayer position? Esoterically, it's because you're bringing the left and the right sides together. Left brain, right brain, masculine, feminine, yin and yang. And where do the hands tend to fall? They tend to fall at the heart chakra. Right? So you're bringing yourself, the duality, the masculine, the feminine, 
that often is in conflict within us, bringing that together, and then you're bringing it to the heart, which is the beginning of the higher chakras. So just hold this position with me, palms together, <clears throat> shoulders relaxed. And I'd love for you to share how you feel in a moment. Just let me know how you feel in the chat. You know, my eyes were closed. I wasn't <laughs> reading the chat. And then what we're going to do, though, as well, let's rub the hands together again. <clears throat> and then what I'd like you to do, goddess, is just rub your lower back area. That is the kidney area. Just warm that. The kidneys also have to do very much with fear. Um, you know, I always give this example, right? Like when children or even animals, sometimes when they're afraid, what they'll pee involuntarily. Definitely linked with fear with the adrenal glands. So what you're doing is you're taking your hands and you're just rubbing from the lower back, <clears throat> the top of the thighs, down your knees, and just sort of regrounding yourself even more. Okay. Please share in the comments how you're feeling right at this moment. I would really love that. I'd love to know. There are eight of us, which is actually quite a large number for a live. Just let me know how you feel in the, in the chat, please. So that was a meditation that is, the type is called the body scan. Um, <clears throat> it helps you as a woman come back into your body. It's wonderful when you have anxiety. So if you can even do it at work. If you have your own office, that's really nice. Okay. Um, we are less anxious if we're actually in our bodies. Anxiety, strangely enough, I'm not, now I'm not saying you can't get heart palpitations in that, yes. But this is a way to calm and combine with some other techniques that I also teach with deep breathing and so on. Um, it really can help you overcome anxiety. So share in the comments how did that feel for you? And also if you have any questions at this point. <clears throat> and while I wait for some questions to come through, oh, wonderful. Oh, gosh. It just makes me feel so good, you guys. It really does. Um, says Lima said, she says, I feel amazing. Like I, so I ran my coaching program um, the end of, um, before Christmas. I will, obviously, it has to get in before, before the holiday, before Christmas. People get too busy. And just to hear, it's like we have this within us. This is within you. This is peace. We have this, but again, back to some of the powers that be, our culture wants to keep us busy, having to work so hard that we can't relax, okay? Um, gosh, there's a picture I want to show you guys. Damn it, I, I, didn't, I don't have it really close. Hold on. I can describe it, though. Our society, again, I don't think a lot of it's deliberate. Some of it is. Our society wants to keep us working so hard, busy, stressed, you're easier to control when you're, when you're fearful. And so the, and the need for a certain amount of money, you know, especially in the U S it keeps you, Oh, I need another job. I have to work more hours. It keeps us in a constant state of stress. So do this type of meditation. I have this on my channel, you guys. Um, I'll tell you real quick how I have it, but you can just search body scan. I have it under like busy women meditation for busy women. So if you're on my channel and you, and you do busy women, I have, and they're like five minute meditations. The whole video is 10 minutes because I talk a little and I introduce it. And then the meditation is five minutes. So check that out. I also have one that's called mindfulness in nature. And somebody asked me, oh, wait, you don't have to be in nature. I'm in nature when I did it. And so you hear the trees. That one is amazing, you guys. You will feel so calm. That one is about 15 minutes, I would say. So check out my mindfulness meditation in nature. So um, she feels amazing. 
uh, Crystal is kind of maybe not her full name. It's just like her handle says she feels great. Uh, I feel open. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do this. The thing is, the more you practice, it will be your normal state. So I want to say a little bit more about that. And I do want to take questions, but goddesses, I do want to tell you, was I calling this goddess conversations? I don't know. I was trying to come up with a cute name. Okay. I think it was goddess conversations. So my course is starting. I want to tell you a little bit about it. So if you give me a couple minutes just to tell you about it, because I would love to have you um, join it if it's right for you. So the, this session is called goddess manifestation. Sometimes they have a different theme at times. We will be working with chakras. We will be working with affirmations. Um, but we'll also be doing some yoga. Um, we're going to, you know, record specific videos for yoga and I put it together into a methodology. So it's called goddess manifestation. And right now, um, Registration is open and the low registration is open. Hang on. The early registration is what I'm trying to say. Here you go. It's actually hard, you guys. And this is just a little warning. If you do meditate, don't then immediately, you need a little bit of time. You want some quiet time where you can journal or something before you come back because your, your brain goes to a different state. So like we just meditated, it's hard for me then to come back and be like yakking. <clears throat> but I want to tell you about my program. Um, so it is three months long, and each week you get a practice to do that's going to strengthen you, and then we go live the next week. So I used to meet with coaching clients every week, and I found it was just too much for them. You know, it's too much, like, did you do this? Did you do that? No. So you'll get a lesson delivered via email, audio, video, or whatever to you if you join the program. You'll have that to work on, right? So it's you know, you have that week and you have more time and then we go live. The live will be kind of like what we're doing now. And I'll also take questions that you're having. So for this program, goddess, it's for those of you who want a transformation. You either want, what I write on my website, you either want to start your own business like I have. You want to leave a job. You want to move across country. You want to do something adventurous. You want to go to China to teach English. Okay. Not that province, but another province. Okay. In China. You want to, yeah, you want to go work for the Peace Corps. You want to do something big, then this coaching program is for you. Okay, so you'll have sisterhood, and I get a really diverse group of women, like much more than uh, I think folks would imagine. Um, you know, my last group was just a really great group of women. We meet like this. We meet virtually, and we would do Q&A, and I would help you with any questions you had about what we learned but you have to have a goal you're working on. You don't have to have the goal before you join, just so you know. I don't want you to be like, oh, I don't know what my goal is. Um, but for 2020, you have to have something you want. It, it may be, um, yeah, you want to start a business. Your business is floundering and you want to like figure that out. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. So let me know in the chat, do you have a big goal that you want to accomplish? Just telling me doesn't mean you have to register. It's okay. But I do want to know what your goal is. Uh, and I'll share a few of my goals. I think I did say what I'm proudest of is that I'm now completely supporting myself from self-employment. It doesn't mean I may never like teach again in academia, which, you know, you guys know is what I did. Uh, I ended up being bullied in academia. I was a professor because there's always new people on here. And that was what I did. I taught art at a community college and the kids were great. You know, they were fine. Community college. 
you know, all different ages, all different backgrounds. And they really liked me. I had great reviews, but it was the staff. So there were some issues with bullying. And, you know, again, I have a video on that. One of my first videos is about not being a victim, not labeling yourself as a victim. So if you can give me a comment, if you have related to a job where you were being bullied by your boss or superiors. So what I'm proud of from 2019 is I actually supported myself being self-employed and that is not easy you guys. And so I'm here for any of you who want to do that as women, we have to be, you can, you're only, your business will only be as big. Your dreams will only manifest to the degree that you can hold them. Okay. Um, I thought about this and I had a way I wanted to say it, but this is the honest to God truth. You can't grow a successful business before growing yourself.